my name is Jamie Sefton and welcome to a special sponsored version of the GamesIndustry.biz podcast. Today we welcome Imran Khan who leads Northern Europe at Facebook Audience Network. His team manages some of the most important publishers and developers in the region, acting as an advisor on how to best monetize their apps via Facebook. Imran has been at Facebook for almost a year now and before that has worked in marketing and ad tech for close to a decade in a variety of roles. So uh, welcome to the podcast, Imran. Thank you, Jamie. Happy to be here. I mean, 2020 <laughs> has been a crazy year, right? Uh, with a lot of change <laughs> for all of us. Um, yeah, it's been a bit crazy, really. But um, thank you for joining us. Uh, and uh, I'd like to find out, sort of firstly, a bit more about um, the audience network. So how does it fit within the Facebook ecosystem? Sure, great question. So I'm sure many of your listeners are familiar with Facebook Audience Network, particularly mm. if they're a mobile game developer and they've thought about advertising. Um, but for those who don't know, I'll, 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 I'll share a, a few details. Um, so essentially, Facebook Audience Network, what it does, is it empowers app developers and publishers to grow a sustainable business with ad monetization. So how we fit into Facebook is we connect our partners with Facebook demand from millions of diverse advertisers around the world. So what does this mean? It means publishers can expand their reach um, and grow their customer base globally because we help them monetize globally. Unique to Facebook Audience Network, that I'd say, compared to some of our peers in the market, is that we're laser focused on delivering the best outcomes and experiences across the value chain. So what does that mean? That means we're driving positive advertiser outcomes or user-friendly ad experiences for players. Um, so this is like foundationally built into everything we do. Um, it's critical to our business and it's how we, we've developed. And if I think about, you know, one of the areas um, that we're seeing a huge amount of growth is the in-game advertising economy, which is going to be worth $50 billion in plus in five years. And this is an area, you know, this is an area that Facebook Audience Network is is really focused on delivering value in. Mm, mm, mm. You know, recently Audience Network has gone exclusively onto using uh, bidding to fill ads. So um, can you tell us a little bit about the decision to do that and also perhaps <laughs> explain a bit about what it is, what bidding is and how it differs from traditional advertising. So just just to be clear, we are moving to a bidding only network on iOS specifically um, right, next year, right. uh, just for clarity. And that's, you know, we're adapting to the challenges of um, a post IDFA world, which I, I won't necessarily go into the detail here. Um, I'm sure mm. a lot of your mm. users are aware of the uh, listeners are aware of the challenge, the changes that Apple are making. Um, yeah, yeah, and so we're having to evolve as a result of that. But it's it's always been uh, part of our mission and agenda at Facebook Audience Network to move the industry to bidding. Um, we believe this is one of the key monetization trends that is shaping the industry. We also believe that bidding creates a more fair, open, and efficient ad ecosystem, which benefits publishers, advertisers, and the people, right? People who are working um, at our developer partners. So I can kind of highlight why it's important, and I can boil it down to kind of three things. So number one, bidding helps you make more money. So in an open and fair auction, you know, every advertiser is able to bid and you're able to see competition for your, your ad inventory. And so essentially more competition means, you know, better prices for every ad impression. 
Um, so you so what we've seen is that publishers have seen great revenue growth following bidding implementation. Uh, an example yeah. of that is. Um, you know, one of our partners, Rovio, they've moved 90% of their inventory to app bidding after seeing a positive impact on ad revenue um, using bidding. So, I mean, that's the core of, 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 of a lot of why we believe bidding is, is super important. The second reason um, not to be overlooked is it, you know, offers a lot of operational efficiency. So, um, you know, you don't need to continually optimize uh a, a complex waterfall, which is traditionally how um, publishers up till now have been uh, monetizing their inventory, which is, you know, in a, in a waterfall setup. So this drives a lot more impact uh, for the teams. So you're able to spend more time on areas such as user acquisition or, you know, spending more time on actually uh, making your game better. So you don't have to develop, you don't have to point as many resources to, to you know, to manage that waterfall essentially. Uh, I'd say the last reason as well um, on this is is more demand. So bidding gives you easier access to more demand sources um, with minimal effect on the on the user experience. So one of our partners, you know, GSN Games was able to integrate more demand sources easily, and it and it didn't create a large operational burden on their ad ops team. So you know we have a we have a new report called uh, the new era in ad monetization how app bidding is transforming businesses and I'd, I'd urge your listeners to go and to go and go and read that and I'll give you more detail but that's essentially why we believe bidding is is super important for developers to adopt. Yeah, yeah, uh, and following on from that, I mean, what advice would you give to games developers and and publishers who want to get started on it and? and I mean this as well for for the smaller developers because you mentioned Rovio there, who are you know um, a bit bigger than the usual <laughs> sort of uh, games yeah. company. So um, you know, uh, how do they get started if if they're a smaller company as well? Yeah, I mean, I'll, I'll share some uh, some best practices. Essentially, yeah. I, I don't I don't think it differs whether you're a big or small company. I mean, the hmm. the the steps are, are pretty much the same, but the direction you take may be slightly different. So this will this will apply to everyone, but particularly to to small, medium sized businesses that you've you've mentioned. So I would say you know to be to to try bidding and to be successful in the shift to bidding, uh, you really have to take I'd say five key steps, and I'll probably dig into mm. one or two of them in more detail. Um, so the best the first one is you know choosing the best integration option for your business. The second one is to ensure your auction has enough demand. Thirdly, build a smart hybrid setup. Fourth is test the right app and ad format with a method that matches your goals. And last is evaluate the success with the right metrics. So we've kind of touched on some of these earlier in, 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 in the discussion we had. Um, but I'll touch base on, 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 on number one and, and the last one as well. So yeah. you know, choosing the best integration option for your business. So this is kind of the way you actually get started in app bidding. So there are essentially kind of two ways to do this. And you know, one solution may fit your business and the other one may not. So it really depends which path you want to take. Um, so the two ways to do that is really for either publishers can build their own in-house bidding solution um, and manage demand sources themselves. And so we, we refer to this as kind of in-house integration. Uh, the second one, uh, which is which has grown a lot over the last couple of years, is, is something we refer to as partner integration, which is using a third party mediation platform to mm. to 
uh, implement your bidding infrastructure. And you know, both these integration options offer access to Facebook demand and our own bidding infrastructure as well. So both options work. It just depends uh, which direction you decide to take as a business. You know, do you have the resources right. to build your own in-house uh, bidding infrastructure, or would you prefer yeah. to partner with with a with a with a platform that's already out there. So that those decisions. Yeah, I was going to say yeah. some some sort of automated system would be better for the smaller developers, just because they they might not have the resources to be able to, you know, do that full time. Yeah, exactly, exactly. And I think that's yeah. what's uh, changed um, over over the recent past is that mm. um, those options are now there that you can partner with 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 other other platforms out there that can provide all that infrastructure for you, which is which yeah. is helping the small, medium sized developers accelerate. And yeah. so, and then you know, I mentioned the last point, which was around evaluating success with the right metrics. So. And this is how bidding differs from the waterfall setup I mentioned earlier. So in, in waterfall mediation, you know, people used to look at the CPMs as the kind of de facto success metric and didn't necessarily look at the other metrics like what was the fill rate, you know, how many ads were filled by mm-hmm. um, by this platform or what was the overall payout ratio. You know, these were all kind of secondary measures that people used to, um, used to evaluate. But in a bidding world, when you have this open and fair ecosystem, you're able to look across your whole demand portfolio and say, what is the actual average revenue per daily active user, often known as OPDAO? And that measures the overall revenue that you're delivering per user, not just the performance by what kind of network you're using, whether that be Facebook audience network or somebody else. So it gives you a much more holistic view of mm. how your how your demand setup is working for you, and you can make adjustments and optimizations based on that in real time. Oh, that's... That's that's great. So you get a lot of kind of feedback and and metrics from from the system that helps you you know um, gauge whether you 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 know it's made a difference. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. 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 Fantastic. So, um, have you um, any examples of um, like a recent developer success story that's kind of moved to this bidding system? Yeah, I mean, we've we've got many. I mean, I mean, the great thing that's happened is that you know, just generally, the number of apps using bidding with Facebook Audience Network is 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 seven times larger than probably a year before. So, um, we've yeah. seen we've seen a massive uptake um, just because it's it's providing so much value to to our developer partners. You know, I'd say top ten largest publishers that are using Audience Network to monetize. The majority are now using bidding. So, you know, we're seeing that that's being both adopted at the head of the market but also by smaller developers as mm. well um i guess i guess case study that just kind of illustrates uh, the success you know developers are seeing so voodoo which i'm sure all your listeners are familiar with um mm. you know they've saved about 10 percent time in ad operations since adopting app bidding so you know the, the team spends a lot less time on day-to-day waterfall maintenance you know they're able to focus their efforts on testing different ad integrations, you know, they're able to optimize their opt-out, which I mentioned before, and they're able to, you know, just spend more time, you know, with their own product teams to develop better insights to evolve their game. So, you know, the operational efficiency that I mentioned earlier, I mean, this is, these are a lot of the benefits that a lot of our our partners are seeing. So, and, and, you know, just to reiterate, you know, we feel that the future of ad monetization does rely on fostering a fair and efficient ad ecosystem, particularly with the changes that we're seeing um, in the industry. Um, You know, there's just so many uh, financial and operational benefits to bidding that, you know, over the long term and even in the short term, it's going to become the standard for ad monetization approach within our industry. Right. Okay. 
Um, looking sort of um, at the bigger picture, um, and you mentioned monetization quite a bit there. So, um, you know, making money is obviously a yeah. huge part of being a games business. Um, how should companies be approaching sort of generally monetization and and what models do you think they should be considering? Yeah, this is a great question. This is a great question. Mm. So I've, I've probably, for the last however many many minutes, I've been kind of speaking as ad monetization as as, as the de facto way of um, of publishers making money or developers making mm. money in mm. their games. But we are actually at an inflection point at the moment. You know, the the game industry is thriving. Uh, particularly the mobile gaming industry, and and what we're seeing is you know a lot of game publishers now want to be able to build a sustainable revenue model um, yeah. with the right monetization strategy in place. So, in general, the de facto monetization route for game publishers has typically been um, in-app purchases, you know, widely yeah. referred to as IAP. Um, yeah. So, if you look at a lot of the stories and success stories out there, a lot of a lot of those those companies have been successful using the IAP model. Mm-hmm. The challenge there is when we look at this across the industry that probably there's around less than five percent of players are actually making those in-app purchases, and so the the scalability of that strategy is limited. You know, there isn't um, mm. there isn't a seat at the table for everybody. Right. Um, when no. when you look at those, it's metrics. expensive, isn't it, to acquire acquire players and you know that kind of. Yeah, exactly, stuff. exactly. So mm. that you know, so those those challenges remain to scale. Obviously, if you're successful, you're successful, but it, it doesn't necessarily work as a as a scalable strategy for a developer for and for every game that a developer makes. Right. Yeah. So so yeah. so really, we need to look beyond IP as the kind of de facto monetization solution and you know one viable way to do that is to obviously incorporate in-app advertising and and so i i mentioned that we're at this inflection point and the reason for that is because you know in-app advertising revenues are predicted to grow by around um you know to to 35 billion dollars in 2024 um you know and and the market currently as of 2019 was around just under 14 billion dollars so it's huge growth and that growth is outpacing the in-app purchase revenue growth. So it is a key revenue stream that I don't think developers should be overlooking. Um, if you overlook it, it's at your peril, I guess. Um, and, and, so, and so, you know, what we, we recommend um, and what we're seeing in the marketplace is, is, is what we call kind of a hybrid monetization model. So this balance between IAP to an IAA. So it's not to abandon one or choose one over the other, but it's just to to integrate this more holistic monetization solution. And mm. you know, we did a survey with a company called Walnut Unlimited, and that showed that around 70% of larger developers are choosing the hybrid model for monetization. Mm. A lot of the concerns in general historically have been that in-app advertising cannibalizes in-app purchases. But what we've seen um, and what the survey has seen as well is that you know around nearly ninety percent of publishers are seeing in-app purchase levels unaffected or even climb when in-app advertising was implemented alongside IEA. And so what mm. we're really seeing is that it actually increases the overall lifetime value for the publisher. You know, and and if you and if you think about that, it ha- that has a positive impact on your UA strategy, right? Because it means mm, if you're mm. going to acquire a user, you know they're going to be worth a lot more to your business because their lifetime value increases. So, you know, all those things, I think we're at this point, perfect storm where, you know, this is the right time to be integrating um, advertising into your games. 
Yeah, I mean that that su- surprised me in the report actually when it mentions that um, the 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 players of the games really actually like in-app advertisements. It doesn't take their enjoyment. You know, most people like them, and it, it doesn't take away their enjoyment of the game either. Yeah, no, and I think that's one of the changes that we've seen uh, in the advertising economy, um, mm. and that's an evolution that's happened. Uh, over the last couple of years, which has been, and there's always been this misconception, right, that um, game publishers do not perceive in-game advertising um, well, and beca- that's because their players don't perceive it well either. Yeah, um, yeah, and that's really a myth because you know pe- players do understand that there is a need for ads um, if you're going to play a <laughs> yeah. game for free. You know, it's it's yeah. a it's a fair value exchange. I mean, we don't have this this notion or, or this thought when we're, we're watching TV and we see an ad, right? We, we may find it annoying at times, but um, <laughs> it, it, we do see it as a fair value exchange in, in exchange for content. So um, I, th- I think players do understand the need for ads. I think what was missing for a long time was the right ad experience. So mm-hmm. what we've seen an evolution of is the ad experience. So um, you've probably heard of rewarded ads, um, particularly yeah, rewarded yeah. video ads, right? And mm-hmm. that has actually changed the dynamic of the, I'd say, the player-publisher exchange. So before ads were in the game, and th- that was an exchange for accessing the game. Now the exchange with rewarded means that you can exchange for in-game currency or, or, or cosmetics, right? So there, there is a yeah. value that is, is being provided to the user. And what's more important is that the gamer has the unique ability to control that exchange, right? It's, it's a completely opt-in model. Um, and, you know, to back this up, we, we actually ran some research. Um, uh, we commissioned a 2CV report, which found that players are happy with ads served within their games, and they'll mm. play for longer. Mm. And more frequently, mm. so well, uh, yeah. yeah. And to, to dig dig a bit deeper, because um, we run the re- research in Amir as well, um, particularly in the Turkish and Russian markets. And what we found is that gamers were particularly receptive to rewarded video ads. We found that over fifty percent of Turkish and Russian gamers surveyed said they'd played the games longer uh, due to seeing rewarded video ads, and you know it increased the session frequency. So you know, really, really positive. Um, you know it's a positive story in terms of how ads are helping enhance the game experience. Um, and this is a really good, um, obviously good news for advertisers, good news for publishers. Um, and, you know, it's increasing in-app advertising revenue for game publishers while mm. at the same time providing a great user experience for their players. Um, so, you know, we totally believe that this is, this is the future. So, so now is a really good time for companies who perhaps haven't considered integrating in-app adverts into their games to, to to do it you know to increase their revenue yeah definitely definitely this is this mm. is the time this is the time Jamie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah get involved <laughs> um we're, we're sort of um and getting to the end of the podcast unfortunately but um i just like to do a bit of um crystal ball gazing if you like uh so um what do you think will be the most sort of transformational and impactful trends uh, and opportunities in games uh, over the next few years. Yeah, great, great question to to cap it off. So, um, I mean, a lot of the stuff I've talked about already. So, uh, my predictions are those trends accelerate. So, for example, number one, I'd say Waterfall loses steam, and you know, bidding accelerates. You know, because it enables efficiency. Um, yeah. 
you're also going to see uh, in-app advertising growing very fast. You know, we're going to see that double-digit growth. So, you know, a recommendation there is, you know, keep building ads into your games, follow the best practices, find what works for your user, and that will drive the greatest impact. And you know, from an ad experience perspective, you know, rewarded video is really the must-have for most mobile games. You know, mm-hmm. it, it has the right experiences. It increases LTV. You know, and you know, when as we're moving into this new world of, you know, I guess post IDFA, you know, privacy privacy centric world, you know, yeah. ads that add to the to the to the game experience are going to be the most successful. So yeah. those are yeah. some of the predictions. Um, I would also say, you know, one thing we haven't touched on is is around IDFA is that the loss of IDFA. Um, in the ecosystem, which is a massive systemic change, right, um, is going to catapult, you know, revenue diversification as a top priority for for developers. So what do I mean by that? It's going to accelerate, you know, some of the things we touched on, which was how to integrate the right monetization strategy. So there'll be a lot more thinking in terms of diversification of IP and IA and what kind of UA strategies people are going to adopt with, without... Um, a signal to to leverage um, to identify mm. a, a user for targeting and attribution, um, and I think what's also very interesting, and you've probably seen a lot of news around this, um, is the fact that there's going to be a lot more platform diversification as well outside of the big two, so Google and Apple, right? So we're seeing um, huge amounts of discussion around that. A lot of lot of companies are trying to build their own platforms as well. Um, mm. uh, Facebook in general, you know, you may have seen we've also um, launched our own cloud gaming uh, platform, uh, which allows uh, developers to build games using Facebook's cloud, um, which has a lot of um, cool features within it um, that are unique to Facebook and will hopefully help um, developers continue to build great games and, and build sustainable businesses. So we're really excited about that. Brilliant. Well, um, We'll we'll see. We'll come back in a few years, uh, Imran, and see if you're right. So, uh, <laughs> good 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 stuff. Um, thanks very much for uh, joining us today. Uh, That's Imran Khan at uh, Facebook Audience Network. Um, cheers! It's been uh, really fun chatting it's to been, you today. Cheers! It's been great, Jamie. Thank you very much. Brilliant, brilliant. And uh, thank you for listening. Uh, the GamesIndustry.biz podcast will be back uh, with our new show uh, next week. In the meantime, uh, check out gamesindustry.biz for all your news, analysis and updates about the global uh, video games business. So we'll see you next time. Cheers. Cheers.